Hi, and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are live on Instagram as well as recording the podcast. Um, so many things to talk about. And um, I'm just, you know, kind of buzzing from the excitement of receiving a package with chili and pozole and coffee. And I'm very, 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 very grateful. Uh, it took several weeks to get through customs and there was a, a strike uh, the postal service here, um, but I got it and I'm so excited. So the new year will start with uh, New Mexico food and I'm over the moon uh, having all the feelings. I did go easy on the mascara today because we are talking about discomfort and feelings. So uh, let's jump right in. Uh, it's been a week <laughs> since the last time I was here and um just a lot of processing, a lot of different things happening, shifting and changing. Um, I, you know, like I said, a thousand followers on TikTok, which feels ridiculous, but also, um, you know, from starting uh, an account after I got to Greece and now to be at the space, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and then, you know, just all the diversity in my FYP. Um, and also I, uh, I posed a question yesterday and I got like several responses. So that felt really good. I love interacting with my people. I actually had a client and, um, did some work and that felt really good. So I'm, like I said, I'm riding high, like to hit the end of the first week of 2023. It's pretty dope right now. Like things are pretty great. So, um, today I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, discomfort and being uncomfortable because there is a lot of discomfort in uh, doing this work. And like we talked about the last couple episodes, um, a lot of times our codependency is born from not wanting other people to feel uncomfortable. What I know to be true is that we make ourselves uncomfortable when we are trying to protect everybody else's feelings. Um, and so it's a really interesting concept to think about how having our own feelings and being aware of our own stuff is uncomfortable. Um, but a lot of times when we are young, especially, um, and over empathetic and wanting to connect with people, um, we are reacting to the discomfort level, which is just happening in the room, right? And I've talked a lot about my own experiences and, and kind of growing up in chaos with a lot of anger and a lot of humans and a lot of feelings and, um, and being an empath, um, probably a hyper empath at this point. Um, I just wanted everything to be okay. And so I was working extra hard to make sure that everyone else was feeling okay. And as a little kid, I didn't know that it, that wasn't my responsibility. It wasn't in my control to make sure that everyone was okay. So a lot of times our codependency and my codependency specifically was kind of born of this really um, useful feeling of connection and empathetically connecting with other people. Um, but my little body was overwhelmed with anxiety, especially when there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of yelling. Uh, there were a lot of feelings. And um, I just wanted to manage that. And so I would do anything in my power to make make everybody feel okay and that wasn't something that I had any control over but my little my little self <clears throat> my 5-year-old self my 4-year-old self all of those things I, I my little self didn't know what to do so 
I would try to be compliant. I would try to, you know, um, manage the feelings of the grownups in the room. Um, I was having a conversation earlier and I was talking about how human beings, uh, especially ones that I've worked with and treated and talked to, they have talked about finding a space for them to cry. And a lot of times adults um, will cry in their car or cry in the shower or cry behind closed doors because that feels like a safe place for them to be vulnerable and have feelings. Um, I've also talked about the fact that I cry, not just on camera, uh, but I cry uh, at happy hour. I cry at restaurants. I cry all the time. I'm a Pisces. I fucking cry. Um, one of the things that I recognize too is that men specifically uh, don't have the space to cry. And so they'll cry in the shower or they'll cry in the car or whatever. But not just men, like women too. We don't want our kids to be exposed to our big feelings, especially when they are vulnerable, sad, and hurt feelings. Um, and so we hold it in and we keep keep it together. Um, and then we have those feelings in private. Unfortunately, the, what our kids learn is adults are in control of their feelings unless they're anger or joy. Uh, and I talk a lot about the fact that the the one thing that is universal across cultures, across, um, you know, ethnicities and all the things is most human beings only learn mad, sad, and glad or mad, sad, and happy. Those are the only feelings that they are familiar with. And so consequently, when people come into my office, they don't have the knowledge of the wide breadth of feelings that there are. And there are hundreds, but um, I would give people Oftentimes, when they first started their first therapy session, I would give them this piece of paper that had all the feelings in alphabetical order, um, and there are hundreds. So for those of you who don't know, you can look up feelings list on the internet, and it's amazing how many feelings there are. And not all of them are good. Uh, <laughs> in fact, quite a few of them are uncomfortable. Um, and so in doing this work, in, in being able to really love yourself better and set boundaries, part of what has to happen is that you are going to have to get very uncomfortable and have feelings, right? And really start to manage your own feelings before managing someone else's. And I've talked about this before, like oftentimes we want to make sure out of love and consideration and caring, we want to make sure that the people that are close to us, the ones that we are connected to, aren't uncomfortable, right? We don't want them to be sad. We don't want them to be mad. We don't want them to be disappointed. We don't want them to be, insert feeling here. Um, and so we are doing everything we can to avoid them having feelings. And from an empathic an empathetic perspective, we don't want to be uncomfortable, right? Because I know for myself, growing up in all of that chaos, and that's not to say that I didn't have joy and, and happiness and my parents, you know, did get along at, at certain points. There are six of us, uh, <laughs> not just in a sexy way, you know, they, anyway, um, they were very, um, emotive people and anybody who knew my parents well, they know that, you know, my dad was always quick to laugh and my mom was very kind and generous in her way, but they also had a lot of really pent up, shut down, shoved down feelings. And, the only expressed ones that I saw on a regular basis was a lot of anger. It was a lot of frustration. My dad would isolate 
and um, shut down. And that was really frustrating for my mom, who was just wanting connection. So the reason I bring that up is that my dad was a very shut down human in a lot of ways. Um, wow, the feelings are starting early. Uh, and and what, what it taught me as a little human around this man who was in my life was that men shut down. So difficult, right? And water. Um, so I would do all these things to like want to connect. And so we do, we learn that from a very young age, our tiny little bodies and our tiny little brains that don't understand, they're not tiny, they're actually kind of big, um, <laughs> but they don't learn what is happening. And so they're only going off the information that they are receiving, right? And so oftentimes it's going to be interpreted through a little kid self, right? And so that's why it's super important to get in touch with that little kid self, because that little kid is storing a lot of information that is showing up now as a grown up in ways that are sometimes not helpful. And so your, your inner child work, and again, lots of people talk about this inner child self, um, but your inner child, that, that little you, whoever is storing and shoving down those feelings shows up in all these unhelpful ways. So important to talk with a therapist or your accountability buddy or friends or other people about where this started. And so when you're doing this work of codependency, when you are going down this kind of crazy rabbit hole of, well, why do I do the things that I do? And what is the payoff that I'm getting? And, you know, all the questions that I'm asking in the essays, really getting in touch with those feelings is going to be uncomfortable. And oftentimes, you know, we go on this like self-love, self-care journey. And the minute we start to have feelings, you know, what we're told is, well, you have to do self-care, which means that you have to take care of yourself in all of these ways. And so you're going to go to the gym or you're going to go to the spa or you're going to go get food or you're going to, you know, go on a hike and do all the things. A lot of times that is distracting us from this place, right? So we can rationalize and think about all the things that we're doing. What is happening is we're not feeling, right? And because that's uncomfortable. It is not safe sometimes to have the really big feelings that we're having. Um, and so we want to distract ourselves because it's uncomfortable. The discomfort is real anytime you are doing this kind of work. In therapy, a lot of times clients will say, you know, I enjoy coming and talking to you, but oftentimes I leave here drained. I leave here exhausted. I feel like I've been beat up. And that is true. That is a feeling that will happen when you are doing really hard work. And what you will also feel is the feelings. What you will also feel is a sense of relief to get it out of your body, to say the words, to be able to process all of these things. And it's, it's a really convoluted, like very um, challenging thing to have a therapist who holds the space for you, but gives you the tools to be able to get the feelings out so that they are not living in those child versions of yourself. They are not living in your body. They are not living in ways that make you want to self-soothe 
in other ways, in these addictive ways of either substances or taking care of everyone else, because that's a doing, it's an action. It makes us perceive that we are feeling better when we are not actually feeling anything. See how the words are different? Doing, feeling. Uh, (laughs) We are doing all these things, right? I just want people to love me because when I feel loved and connected, I don't feel as disconnected, abandoned, sad, whatever it is, these negative things. And so we want to have an action to make ourselves feel better. Now, that's why I'm saying like the, the feeling part of this work is uncomfortable. I am not here to tell you that once you're codependent, you're not codependent anymore. Everything feels great. No, it actually feels worse for a while. It's really difficult to set a boundary and to say, I am not going to that thing. I don't like it when you, you know, hug me. I don't like it when you come over unannounced. I don't like it when you know, you say these things to me, I don't like it. And I would prefer not to be around when that happens. I can't control what you say. What I can control is my presence. What I can control is what I am going to tolerate and accept from other people. Now, it sounds great, right? I can see it now. Um, But anytime I have taught clients to say boundaries and have their feelings and express them. We call that hard conversations and people don't like to have hard conversations because the other people are going to have feelings about it. Um, One of my questions yesterday was like, what are you in your head about? And someone had posted, uh, I set a boundary and they didn't like it. And that's true. People don't like it when you set boundaries, especially when they have benefited from you not having them. And your other people, when you set a boundary, are going to have feelings and they're not going to be always great. Not everyone is going to say, I really love that you set that boundary and it's really helpful for me to know what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. Rarely are they going to say that unless they're doing their own work and then they're going, I'm really proud of you for setting that boundary. And I didn't realize that that's what was happening. And so I'm going to take a step back. And when you're ready for me to come back into your space, I'd really appreciate that information. That's how that's done. But not everybody knows how to do that. So Oftentimes they're going to be like, what do you mean I can't come over? What do you mean I can't, you know, do all the things? What do you mean you're not going to clean my room? I'm not going to, I don't like that. That makes me really upset. And you're going to have to be okay with them being really upset. Recently I had an interaction with uh, a friend over the phone and, um, you know, they made some comments. I made some comments. I can tell you that I am the kind of person, and if you're related to me or you're close enough to me, I am very sarcastic. And I say spicy things. Um, It is how my family communicates love, which is kind of fucked up and a little bit weird, but we give back kind of compliments. And, uh, you know, we can be spicy. In Spanish, uh, we call it carilla. We give each other shit. And uh, so that's how I share my personality. Um, I'm working on not being so spicy. But anyway, I had made some comments. They had made some comments. And rather than going to the shed and picking out the napalm to be able to be like, fuck you and fuck this relationship, Uh, (laughs) which is what I've done in the past because it's a doing action. Um, What I did was I leaned into the discomfort, not with the other person right away, but I leaned into it with myself. And I was like, why did I get hurt about these comments? Right. That was not, it wasn't my favorite, but I did it and I leaned into it for myself and (laughs) Spicy in Spanish is better. That's true. Uh, 
I leaned into it for myself and I was like, okay, why did this hurt my heart? Like, I don't have feelings about that and I don't like it. Um, I did recognize where it came from and it wasn't my insecurity, which I thought it was. And it wasn't that, you know, this person was going out of their way to hurt my feelings because they weren't, but I had feelings about it. And then when that other person came back and said, hey, I may have taken that too far. And so I acknowledge that. What I did was I said, thank you. Well, first I said, it is in my nature to be like, oh, it's fine, which it is in my nature to do that because my codependency is still very much an active thing and I have to soothe myself. And I, what I said was, I appreciate you acknowledging it. I am wanting to lean in and say, what made you say that? Because that was not, that's not what I'm used to from you. It gave me curiosity and then it gave us connection. A lot of times we want to say, I'm sorry, right away. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, and it's not because I'm sorry. It's because you're having a feeling. And so I need to make sure that you're okay. Um, and it's control, right? It's like, I'm sorry that you are having a feeling. And so what do I need to do to make that stop? <laughs> Which is kind of silly if you think about it that way, right? I'm sorry is not an apology. It's what we teach small children to do. And when, when my daughter was young and, and people were always like, well, tell them you're sorry. I used to work in a daycare and that was the, the teacher's way of addressing an issue was tell them you're sorry. But it wasn't addressing the issue. And an I'm sorry is bullshit unless it's coming from a place of empathy. Like, I'm sorry your dog died. That's an I'm sorry I can take. An apology is a completely different animal. An apology is I acknowledge my behavior I acknowledge your feelings and I am going to work to not do that behavior again so that we can have connection and communication. That is actually an apology. And I teach that to clients often because they are so used to saying, I'm sorry. Think about, you know, those people in your life that they bump into a chair and they apologize to the chair. And I'm not talking about Canadians. I'm talking about regular people. Um, not that Canadians are not regular people, <laughs> but they apologize to everything. Um, we, we walk in to a situation apologizing for our existence. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take that space. I'm sorry. I just sneezed. I'm sorry. I just breathed really loudly. I'm so sorry. No, you're not. What the fuck are you sorry about? You're saying that your expression of yourself is less valid than the space you're taking up. And that is not okay. But we do it because we're uncomfortable. We do it because we're feeling insecure. We do it because, I'm sorry, I am just a person here and I suck at life and I am so sorry. It's really think about what you're saying when you say, I'm sorry. Because when you are apologizing, like I said, I acknowledge the behavior. I acknowledge that you had feelings about it. Not trying to control them or take them. I'm just acknowledging that you do. And I'm going to work on changing my behavior that elicited that feeling from you because I love you so much and I care about you and I don't want to be the reason that you feel that way. You can have feelings and I love that for your experience, but I also want to make sure that I am not doing anything on purpose to create that feeling. Let that land for a second because it just landed with me and that was heavy. <laughs> okay. Now, the discomfort of someone doing a thing 
And me having a feeling is my responsibility to take on for myself. In loving myself better, that means I need to recognize, ah, I didn't like that. Like whatever it was, right? Somebody is rude or, you know, I get caught off in traffic or whatever. I have a lot of feelings all the time. And so I am now in this space having to sit with that feeling and be like, what is that about? Where is it coming from? What is going on with me? Now, admittedly, I am in a space right now where I am all feelings all the time. And again, as a Pisces, I'm all feelings all the time anyway. um, And as a human being (laughs) who is an empath, all feelings all the time. Um, I am able to work through them more easily now because they are a flowing, living embodiment of who I am. And that's, you know, rare. Not everybody can do that. Um, So what I am suggesting or what I would recommend is when a feeling comes up, acknowledge it, right? Pay attention. I didn't like that. And little kids do that all the time. And I really think about little kids, not in any regular way, but little kids will say how they're feeling all the time. Even little bitty ones that don't have words, they are like showing you that they are having feelings. And, you know, that's fine. It's actually a good thing. I think about, you know, I had a lot of young siblings and so they'd lose their shoes invariably all the time and trying to get them to get dressed or get in the car or whatever, they would have really big feelings and they would be like, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. Someone is touching me or whatever. Really thinking about little kids and how they express their feelings. They have big feelings. They don't haven't learned how to shut it down yet. Um, I want you to, to entertain that for yourself, right? That is a way to get in touch with your feelings is to recognize what is what is it about that that I did like or I did like, right? I love really good food. I love going for a run with my dog. I am overwhelmed and in awe of this space all the time. And it is my little kid self going, holy fuck, this is amazing, right? I have big feelings. We all have big feelings. What we have learned in our experiences on the planet is big feelings can be scary. Big feelings can be overwhelming. If you've ever had that feeling of, I am too much. I am too sensitive. I am really overwhelming. (laughs) People don't know what to do with me. That's because you have big feelings and that's okay. Uh, Glennon Doyle talks about big feelings all the time. um, And her book Untamed is really amazing. And she talks about, you know, kind of living in that big feeling self. Um, It is totally normal as an experience to have big feelings. Let me change the context of feelings just for a second. If you've ever stubbed your toe, especially in the dark, that's a big fucking feeling. It is way more intense, I think, than a lot of other feelings and generally will elicit some kind of press situation uh, if that's, you know, what you do. It is a nerve response. It is a stimulus, a message to your brain, pain. Okay? That is a feeling. We allow ourselves to have those feelings sometimes. Just like an emotional response is your brain responding to something that that's all it is. It is stimulus response. 
but we're feeling it here, right? We're processing a lot of things through our brain. Our brains do things automatically. Our emotions are learned from the environment that we are grown in. And little kids have feelings all the time and it's fine. But as adults, we have learned to shut them down because they are uncomfortable. What I challenge you to do in doing this work is to really recognize that your feelings are valid. Your experience here on this planet is valid. And if you are loving yourself, truly sitting with this amazing being that you are in, right? I took a lot about the meat suit and the body that we're in and our ego, whatever. Because that's what we are here to do, is to experience this amazing place. All of the textures and context and everything, because there's a lot of hard things that happen. But what I know to be true is that when we allow ourselves to have these big feelings, then it's a lot more enjoyable and they don't get shoved down. And then we're not doing other things to suppress our feelings and everybody else's feelings in an unhealthy way. My work as a therapist, as a human on this planet, whatever, is to help people to have those feelings in a healthy way so that their experience on the planet isn't as terrible as it can be. And that's not to say that terrible things don't happen because they do. And, you know, a lot of times what I know to be true is that the resilience of human beings is that they are able to live through really terrible things and have amazing lives. Lives where it is full and rich and context and, you know, there's lots of texture and, you know, they can have interactions. We will continue to want to have connection with other people. It's just part of our nature. But if we can do that in a healthy and better way, that's going to mean being uncomfortable. That's going to mean that as I heal and as I grow and as I set these boundaries, I'm going to have a lot of feelings and they are going to be uncomfortable. And I challenge you to sit with them. To rather than do something in a self-care way to feel better or to not feel them, allow yourself to take up space and have your feelings. Allow yourself to say words out loud. I didn't like that. That really hurt my feelings. That hurt my heart. It was kind of fucked up. Whatever that is, however you frame that. Now, does that mean that, you know, somebody cuts you off in Starbucks? I have really big feelings about that motherfucker. Get out of the way. That is a way to deal with things. The other feeling you might be feeling is, you know, jail, depending on how handsy you get in the situation. Once you get used to having the feelings, they move through you. They do not overwhelm you and they do not destroy you. Now, I can also tell you that there are times when it feels as though it might. When it feels as though I can't express any more feelings. I have sat with people in grief more often than I can count. And it's tough. It is the most really challenging thing because grief is overwhelming. I have an essay on grief in my, uh, in, on my website uh, because I unfortunately am very, very familiar with grief. <laughs> Probably more familiar than I want to be, but it's the truth. So I can sit with someone in grief 
And I can remind them, yes, this is awful. And it feels like it will last forever. And just when you think it's fucking over and it stops, it will come again. It's a feeling. And then it subsides. It does not go away, but it does not hurt as much as it does right now. The same is true with anger. The same is true with anxiety. Hard to imagine, but all of those things are true. And if you allow the feelings to come up and you sit in the discomfort and you recognize, this fucking sucks, but in in loving myself better, I'm going to allow myself to have it, then it, it subsides. It doesn't feel as overwhelming. It doesn't overtake you and it will not destroy you. You, I, No one that I have met has been destroyed by a feeling. You can die from a broken heart. We'll talk about that later. But part of that is connection, right? My great-grandparents, uh, my mom's grandparents, uh, died within a couple days of each other at the ripe old age of 80-something. Um, but part of that was their connection to each other. And it devastated my mom to lose them both. Like, that was probably one of her early childhood abandonment traumas. Just so you know. Um, those are really difficult things to deal with. But when we are suppressing and shoving down our own feelings, we are not dealing with things in a healthy way. And we're over-empathizing with someone else having a big feeling so that we are doing anything to stay connected to them and giving up parts of ourselves. We are not being kind and loving to the person inside of us that says, I just want people to love me. Well, babe, you got to love yourself first. If we are here to love, which I truly believe that we are, then it's important for us to love ourselves first so that we're not doing these unhelpful things to connect with other people, which means we're going to have to be uncomfortable, which means that I am going to have to address that little part of me that doesn't want people to be mad at me because people are going to have feelings. People are going to be mad at me. People are going to be disappointed. I'm going to say something, you know, on here or on TikTok and people are going to have feelings about it and I'm going to have to be okay with that. I'm going to have to detach from it and be like, that is a you experience and this is a me experience. And so I get it. You have feelings. And if I want to connect, tell me more about that. I'm going to lean in with curiosity. I'm going to say, what made you say that? That's a kind of a weird place to be. And I want to know more or I can just tell them to fuck off. But, um, depends on the level of investment that I have, right? It depends on how many yeses are in my budget today. All of these things are important. All right, we're at 30 minutes and I could talk about this for a long time. If you want to hear more, you're going to have to let me know because I cannot read your mind. To those of you who answered my question on Instagram yesterday, thank you so much. I do appreciate interaction with you. I miss all of my humans back at home. And so any interaction I have with them is really helpful. I love that people are on here and watching. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, if you're a TikTok human, you can find me on TikTok. And I say all of these things in different ways over there. But I do appreciate connecting with all of, all of you. And, uh, you know, my listeners uh, whom I never see, I love that you listen all over the world at this point, which is kind of amazing. Um, but I'm super grateful. I'm super grateful that, you know, people find value in, in listening to me talk about stuff. <laughs> I came here to here, you know, out to Europe to to really heal myself so that I could continue doing work. And 
uh, I'll be coming home soon. So I feel like I've done what I needed to do to then birth the rest of it. But if you're interested in doing the work, check out the essays before the book comes out. It's an opportunity for you to do that work. If you want to meet with me one-on-one, um, then, you know, we can set an appointment to do that. But I am, I'm grateful. I'm grateful every time I get on here and people come on and interact with me. Um, I'm grateful for listeners. I'm grateful for everyone who, you know, finds value. And like I said, and the things that I'm saying, I recognize that this is part of what my calling is to do. And so I'm grateful. Thank you so much. I'm ending uh, the video. I will end the podcast. I will see you guys in a week. Happy 2023. All right. Ended the video, ended the podcast, said a lot of words. If you are interested in reaching out to me, you can reach out to me on Instagram. You can reach out to me um, at lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. Um, you can reach me on Facebook. You can look at Luna X2 LLC uh, on the internet. And thank you so much for listening. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.